everyone. I'm Lauren Roberts, your host at Firefly Ignite. Today we have Simon Trinder joining us. Simon is a prolific actor, writer, director, and radio broadcaster. He has acted with numerous companies, including the Royal Shakespeare Company, BBC, ITV, Disney, and many more. He's also the founder and director of ICAT, also known as the Independent Center for Actor Training. It's a great privilege to have him on the show today. Well, welcome, Simon Trinder. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Pleasure. It's so great for you to offer your time in this crazy pandemic lifestyle that we have right now. And, you know, Todd and I met you, I'm trying to think when it was, a few years back and have enjoyed connecting with you on the times that we've seen you and we're able to visit you down in London when you were performing uh, The Tempest. Yes. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Three years ago, four years ago, something like that. I would love for you to just tell us a bit about what you do, because really you yeah. have your hands in so many things and yeah. you know, what does life look like for you right now? So by profession, I'm an actor, which has always mildly amused me. Um, I thought it was something I was going to be really proud of when I was training as a drama student. And, uh, and when I graduated and became professional, I suddenly found myself feeling a bit embarrassed to admit it. It's really weird. Um, I still get a little bit of that now. It, it sometimes doesn't feel like a proper job, which I think is uh, wholly uh, incorrect. But um, that's what I do for a living. I've done that for 20 years. I'm 42. I've been acting since I was 20. So yeah, 22 years. And uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been working pretty nonstop in uh, theatre, television, a little bit of film, lots of radio, uh, musical theatre. I've, I've done it all over 22 years um, at a level that I've really enjoyed. You know, I've w- worked with some of the, the most exciting companies in the world, I would say, places like Shakespeare's Globe and a lot with the Royal Shakespeare Company all over the world, which has been lovely. So part of my job involves travelling and, and, and literally uh, around the world, anywhere from Sri Lanka to uh, Washington, D.C., you know. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoy that, and I still do it. I'm, I'm currently in The Lion King, the musical, which is uh, a whole world of, of its own. It's, it's, it's a bonkers, brilliant, exhausting, magical uh, uh, experience, I have to say, for the audience and for the actors. It's still brilliant. I think we've done nearly 200 shows and, and it's still a total joy. And uh, we are on hold at the moment, uh, as everybody else is, because of this very interesting period we're going through. And I do some other things as well. I, I, I write. Um, I write a lot of uh, uh, ebooks and blogs for a company that I run, which is uh, an actor training platform called iCat Studio Online. And we're we are dealing with people all over the world. It's amazing. We run classes with people sitting in Nigeria and uh, Manchester at the same time. It's great fun. Um, I direct wow. as well a little. And um, uh, yeah, and, and I'm a dad of uh, three. I've got two two girls of my own and a stepson. Uh, so that's that's me and that's what life normally looks like I'm very rarely at home as a result of all of that and I've certainly spent most of last year away doing the show which is tricky you know it's hard having kids and a wife and being away from home 
working all the time. It's very difficult. It's, I obviously do it for good reasons, uh, personally and, uh, and, and for the family. But I've, uh, I've been away a long time. And in, and in many ways, just skipping forward to where we are now, and I feel like I've been talking for 10 minutes. I'm really sorry. Uh, skipping forward to where we are now, I'm in a position like many of my colleagues where I am uh, at home and uh, uh, discovering the joys of actually being around my family for the first time in a long time. Right. We're pausing on The Lion King uh, until hopefully April, May. That's when we're hoping. And uh, Disney have been really communicative and really supportive. And in fact, we've got a meeting tomorrow with the Disney people to uh, fill us in on, on what's happening next and when we expect to get back in those costumes and singing them songs. So that's it. Yeah, so many hats that you have to wear. Yeah, none of them fit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the problem. (laughs) Right. You just keep trying them on for size. That's right. That's right. No, No joy yet, but I'll let you know. Right. Well, it's fascinating to hear... How many things that you can get involved with? And I, yeah. I'm assuming uh, it began with acting and then these other things, uh, the radio, the the TV, the yeah. writing and directing, it all kind of developed from that initial studying of acting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sort of jokingly suggest that I'm an actor because I was always terrible at maths. Uh, and, and history, you know, I was I was never so so hot at school. Uh, probably, like most kids, easily distracted. I'd love to go back to school now. I don't know about you. Yes, I'd love to go back. Yes, to school. do it all again and go. All oh, right, okay. So I'm not that thick. I was actually just bored. So uh, I I fell into to acting and performance uh, very very naturally and just just followed my nose. It, that was it. I just went from one course to another, and before I knew it, I was at a drama school, and then before I knew it. I was uh, I was out in in the real world and 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 yeah, radio drama something that I never would have expected to have been involved in was my first job. I, I won a, a bursary award with the BBC, uh, so I worked for six months on radio, playing loads of different characters, and I still do a lot of radio now. I mean, you know, I've got a face for radio, so so I'm behind a microphone playing lots of different people from lots of different places. It's a lot of fun, and uh, and and as you move into the professional world as an actor, you find that there's more corridors to go down and there's more rooms to open and enter and and it's it's fascinating you know what you can leap from one minute i'm i'm uh as i say standing on a beach in sri lanka filming a tv series and the next thing i'm singing circle of life dressed as a elephant (laughs) (laughs) so you were saying going back to when you first began to act or when you made the choice to kind of go down that path was there a specific kind of turning point for you in your life when you kind of thought this is the path that I'm going to choose. You mentioned that you thought maybe other subjects you weren't smart enough or good enough to pursue. And so that's why you chose acting, but what was your thought process um, surrounding that decision? Yeah. Again, it was, it was kind of like follow the joy, follow the joy. And, and the, the pastor, you know, your countryman, Rick Warren, um, he talks about the three P's and I found that quite interesting in recent years. Mm. He, he wrote a book called the purpose driven life, which no doubt you'll know about. And um, mm-hmm. he talks in that book about the three P's uh, passion, potential and purpose. <clears throat> and I found that quite helpful retrospectively because I just followed my nose. I sort of did what, what um, made me feel good. And uh, I imagine that most people are the same until they get frustrated or, 
realize that the money isn't you know quite there in that particular field or whatever else but for, for me it all kind of seemed to fall into place very fortunately i have to say i'm very very uh, blessed by that um but the three p's are passion potential and purpose so uh, he asks the question you know do you have a passion for a particular thing of course in my case i could take yes i do um, do you have the potential for it so by that what he would say is has anybody ever told you that actually you're pretty good at this uh, you know, somebody apart from your mum. <laughs> and, uh, right. and and in my case, yeah, there was another tick there. I, t- I tended to do quite well, whether it was um, in my courses or in, in competition or whatever else. And then um, he suggests that if you've got those first two Ps, then maybe that's your purpose. And I think what he means by that, you know, is like vocation or, or whatever else. So, so that's what, that's what I did. I just followed my nose and, and, and whatever seemed to lead me to uh, succeed. And, and, and that's, that's what happened. Wow, that's great. I love those three words, passion, potential, and purpose. It's so, useful. Yeah, what would you say is your passion for acting? Why do you enjoy it? Or what, what is it that motivates this passion? Do you know what? I think, I think it's changed. I think it's changed an awful lot. And I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really real with you. <clears throat> I think that I used to love the attention as a kid, as a 13, 14-year-old, Um I think anybody enjoys the attention of, of, um, success, but, but with this particular pastime, there is the attention of people looking at you, you know, which is, it's a crude thing to admit, but it's true when you're 14. And then I kind of fell in love with, there's there's something about the kind of the epic nature of, this is going to sound a bit pretentious, but okay. Like, like I think a lot of actors will, will remember the first show that they saw or the first show they remember. And and for a lot of us, it, it tends to be quite a cliche experience, like going to a musical like Les Miserables or whatever mm-hmm. else. And, and, and that, that's one of my early memories was going to London with my parents to watch Les Miserables and, and the, the musical. And, um, I was just kind of blown away by it I was absolutely black and still remember it and I just came out and I could not stop thinking about what I'd just witnessed and what I just heard and and I I just absolutely fell in love with it and um I was never really as I'm, I'm more sporty now than I was as a kid um but that elation that you get at a football game or at a rock concert or whatever else I I was just I'll tell you how we best describe it. There's a great director that I work with a lot called Mike Alfreds. And, and he talks about people going to the theatre for um, for a shot of life, for a kind of shot of vitality, uh, if that makes sense. Any, anybody who's been to a great gig knows what we mean by that. It's, it's, it's quite uh, transcendent. Uh, it, it was it was see, kind of seeking that experience and to be part of it. You know, they, they say, don't they, that... that um, beauty can kind of invite you to be part of it somehow. You kind of want to absorb yourself within it. And again, whatever it is, whether it's a, a concert of some sort or whether it's a, a performance, whether it's a painting, whether it's a um, chocolate cake, I don't know, you, are, um, you, you sort of want to become one with it. And I think that I've had this sort of rabid passion to be to be part of something like that as much as I possibly can so I've, I've got a love for the kind of epic and and I and I find uh I, I find that good a good show or a good movie or a good tv program 
does something to me that nothing else can. It takes me somewhere internally. You kind of feel very alive. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's the power of the story that we all want to be part of an epic story. And so we can lose ourselves in the characters. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there is there is a, ve- a very real element of story all around us, in a way, and and I think that we just resonate with it. But there's a, there's a, there's got to be a reason why we are so in love with story. We just everything's story, and right. and, and we it, it speaks to us. It changes us. You know, like all art does. There's a, there's a wonderful um, marketing guy. Well, he's a business kind of um, mogul, I suppose you could say, called Seth Godin probably not described his job correctly, but I like reading about him. He's very good with marketing. And he talks about um, how anybody can be an artist. If they change how you feel, they're an artist. He talks about waiters and waitresses being artists. Um, you know, somebody who serves you well in a store is an artist mm. who does their job so well that they change you. Then, then, art has taken place you know and Mm. and i think that's true i think everybody is an artist Mm. i love that i love Mm. that idea that art is it's not static but it's it's movement and there's an exchange that happens absolutely right and and you know what i I would go one further i would i would i would suggest that um creativity is the highest pinnacle of expression of the human being Mm-hmm. A bit deep. We've only been talking five minutes, so forgive me. But the, <laughs> the um the the thing that shocks me about modern education, particularly in Britain, is how rapidly they're losing the creative subjects. And I'm not just talking about drama and dance. You know, it's 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 the arts, full stop. And um, what what people don't seem to appreciate, and I think it's adding to the weight on people's shoulders. It's adding to the lack of context in people's lives. It's adding to the lack of value. I read this morning that a 12-year-old kid committed suicide yesterday in in London. Mm. And I can't help but think that was a young boy with no context, with no sense of value, as in self-value, which is terribly, terribly, terribly sad. And... um, you know, I feel like we are we are sort of minimalizing um, our potentials, and I think we we are discarding the thing that makes us human, and that is the ability to create. Whether that's um, being a dancer or a painter or a musician or uh, being a, a a landscape gardener or being an accountant, you know, mm-hmm. and organizing those numbers in in a in an economical and you know, some, some accountants are more creative than others, but they get arrested. Right. But, but anybody who shapes forms, um, uh, develops, you know, what is around us is and can be an artist. And I think I genuinely, it's just like an eagle flies, you know, um, who runs fast, a leopard runs fast, humans (laughs) create, it's the thing that distinguishes us. And it seems like we're trying to diminish it and extinguish it. And I think that's a lot of our problem. Yeah, it reminds me of um, in our family, we've kind of put together a few missional values that we have. And one of them is to display creativity. And when I was kind of mulling over that one in particular, I thought, do I want to include this or not? My my older girls are both very creative, very artistic. My son is to an extent, but is much more 
logical. He's really good at maths. And I thought, no, this is important. You know, my son can be good at maths and have a very creative mind. And it just is, it may be displayed in different ways, but this is a value that we need to hold on to no matter kind of what the expression is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed completely. I have this theory about, I call it the make or break theory. When I walk around the streets and I can see that a, a, a bus stop has been smashed to pieces. When I see that, I think, okay, so that's somebody who has inverted, somebody who has creative potential, but it's been stifled, builds up and it goes the wrong way. Interesting. You mentioned a bus stop. There's this one right by our school, which was looking quite run down. And as part of a way to kind of um, add beauty to it over this last year, the we got planning permission from the, the city. I shouldn't say we, the school did. And painted the all the the inside of it it's all it's it's a a brick structure with this gorgeous view of a nearby valley and a rainbow and it took something that was very decrepit and you know kind of depressing looking it transformed it into this little place of joy anybody who passes it 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 automatically puts a smile on your face and it's and it kind of was like it was this neutral place that either had to put the potential for being run down or turned into something beautiful well it, it, it and and, it, and you're quite right that that changes somebody there you go it's art I, 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 you know i'm probably being very naive ignorant no doubt but i often wonder why there isn't more funding angled towards environment Mm. it affects us it affects us you know the the state of our home affects the way we feel my good friend of mine Mm -hmm. tidy bed tidy head if you tidy your bed first thing in the morning you you seem to think more clearly you seem to have a a better grip on the day um you know we, we we i don't think we respond very well to clutter i think that we um, and there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference between detail and clutter, isn't there? Right. It can have lots of things, but it's detail, or it can be totally right. cluttered, um, like my office. You know. Um, so so I sometimes wonder why we're not we're not trying to help people's mental well being with environmental changes and tidy ups and clean ups and care. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to ask you with this center for acting that you began. I would love to hear your heart behind that because I guess I'm just wondering as you're speaking that if obviously there's the practical element of training people in the art of acting, but would you say that some of your passion behind this was is also for the mental well-being of those that are involved? I, I think that's a, a glorious byproduct, I have to say. The, the, the main reason for me starting my company many years ago was that I and and ICAT stands for independent center for actor training it's a standalone community run by um, independent actors directors with with me at the head and the reason I started it I was teaching at some drama schools many years ago and and I didn't expect to be able to teach anything I didn't think I'd be any good at that but I thoroughly enjoyed it and I realized that not only were the students seeming to benefit and and gain energy and inspiration but I was also feeling that way as well and it reinvigorated me in terms of my approach to my job and I thought well this is great this is a win-win situation the, the, the students seem to enjoy my teaching and I and I really enjoy doing it so this is great so I just tried to do more so I started a little company so I could do it as much as possible 
And, uh, and before I knew it, the, the principles and the techniques that we were teaching, which were fed to me by a great director called Mike Alfreds, he's, he's a really well-known British theatre director, uh, and I've worked with him a lot. And he introduced me to a set of principles that I still use in my approach to acting, and uh, they work very, very, very well. And again, people resonated with them. So we just grew and grew into something much bigger, which was a, we, we ended up offering two-year part-time diploma courses. Uh, sadly, the pandemic um, killed the school to a degree. Um, we lost students. We lost our studio in London. We lost courses. Uh, but by strange sort of uh, almost lucky hap, we've ended up with a, a very strong online presence. And now, as I said before, we're now working with people all over the world. We've got an actor in, she's an, she was an Emmy nominee, actually. She's lovely. And she's in LA and she gets up at four in the morning to do classes with us. It's so great. And that you literally got people all over the world. So we've got people, somebody sitting in Cyprus, somebody sitting in LA, somebody sitting in Nigeria, somebody sitting in Romania. And, and many of us over here, on this side or all working together at our different times of day it's great so so that's that's what it is and, and how it is and yeah there's there, there is a really nice byproduct of it which is the sort of personal development of um of the student and um, using another kind of uh spiritual quote actually there's uh, saint Irenaeus said that the glory of god is a man fully alive the glory of god is a man fully alive and um I love that. I love that because that says it all to me. Again, it's it's um, if if what you're doing is bringing you to life, then then pursue it. You know, the comments that come from people in class and after classes are really amazing. You know, people really feel changed by pursuing their passion. One lady who joined us at 60 odd, she was 60 something years old mm -hmm. to do a two year course with us. She's actually doing quite well, I have to say. She's always working. And um she said to me after the first year, she said, my relationship with my mum has completely changed. Her mum was moving towards the end of her life and they had a, a really poor relationship, very broken relationship. And she said, most of the work we've been doing in class um, that was to do with openness, vulnerability, relating, responding, receiving, listening, um, selecting tactics all of this stuff she said it's transformed my relationships and particularly with my mom it's so much better wow what a thing to say I couldn't believe it right so yeah right. yeah yeah well you know and unbelievable that like you said you're having these classes with people from all over the world so sad to say that the London branch had to close down in yeah. some aspect but then all of a sudden this kind of worldwide audience joins you did yeah. you also did you have a branch of it in manchester or was it just in london we closed that to develop the london uh brand. Okay. yeah so so it was kind of double double trouble right <laughs> we'd, we'd we'd closed our manchester one down because in a way we were almost getting too big to to deal with it so we thought let's focus on one and right. uh, and we did and um we, we were in a really good place as well it was really difficult it was a year ago january last year yeah we, we were really cooking on gas and suddenly uh, it all fell through overnight. And one closed door led to an open door in this in this case. Yeah, amazingly, amazingly, it's it's transformed my working life, uh, regardless of how difficult it's been for, for people involved. Um, it, it's kind of transformed my personal 
situation. It's made it much easier. Right. Mm. Well, you know, I would love to hear from you about some of the roles that you've done. Just a couple of stories would oh, be yeah. great. So, you know, I, you ha- you really have been in so many different things. You've won numerous awards and have had so much incredible experience. And mm. I'd love to just hear about maybe one or two of your most memorable or favorite yeah. roles or experiences that you had. Sure. I've got to say that I've enjoyed so much of what I've done. I've enjoyed so much of what I've done. And, and it's often to do with the people around you more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, m- most of the roles I've played, I've thoroughly enjoyed. There's probably one or two that I didn't enjoy and I probably sucked in them, which is, which you know, is why I didn't enjoy them so much. But um, I, I, I always tend to remember the people. And I think that's true of a lot of my friends. There's There's one particular role that stands out that I played at the Royal Shakespeare Company in in a non-Shakespearean play. It was from a series of plays called The Spanish Golden Age. And that was a season that the Royal Shakespeare Company put on in the West End and Stratford-upon-Avon and Madrid over 14 months. And it it was playwrights who were contemporaries of Shakespeare's. So uh, famous playwrights from Spain, like Lope de Vega, Cervantes, uh, Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, who was a Mexican nun. and we did this series of plays and there was one role that I played in that. Um, and, and the role was uh, a, a servant character called Tristan, who was a bit of a villain who transforms from a, an almost golem like um, scavenging scumbag <laughs> at the beginning. Of, I've never said that before at the beginning of this play. And the play was a brilliant, brilliant play called the dog in the manger by Lope de Vega. And um, his 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 master rises in station, and so does my character with him. And he, so he transforms from this absolute low life to a low life with a lot of money. And it was ju- it was just an awful lot of fun, an awful yeah. lot of fun. The brilliant part, which which would take me too long to explain, but for me it was just a joy. Right. The roles I've enjoyed playing. You know, I'm loving the Lion King. I'm loving. Yeah, tell me about that. I play Banzai, who's the, the three hyenas who are scars, kind of you know henchman right you've got to uh, shenzi banzai and ed and and, and uh, banzai is the kind of aggressive uh nasty violent one um and i and i play the banzai and it's and it's just tremendous fun it's physically great fun because you you are in puppets that you maneuver uh it's strapped yeah. to your body and you have a mask that you have to maneuver a puppet head and you're on crutches and and it takes a lot of took a lot of work took many many weeks to uh get the muscles going it was agony because it's very physically demanding and you're singing over an orchestra obviously mic mic'd up but it's 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 hard work and that's half the joy i guess um yeah so there are a couple of my favorites and uh gosh there's been too many that's great well great to hear about it and you know something i i wanted to ask you about as well is you know how has the pandemic affected you as an actor i i know that it's just been so devastating, you know, to theaters and actors, you know, all across the world, really. But how has this impacted you? Yeah, it's been it it's it's been a very mixed bag, and I say this again with complete honesty that the, the pandemic personally has given me some breathing space. You know, again, I say that in no way disrespectfully i don't mean to trivialize anybody's situation at all but i think the reality is that different people are having different experiences yes it's difficult in so many ways and yes it's incredibly sad in so many ways 
but very close to home. It's given me, after many years of being away or working to the bone, it's given me a chance just to just to rest a bit and see my children, which which is fabulous. You know, I was away for a third of my daughter's life, and she's only two and a half. Mm. Uh, you know, it's difficult. Um, so so that that on a on a very first circle personal level, that that has been in in some ways a, a wee positive. On a, on a bigger level, of course, it's been it's been very bad, and it's it has been absolutely devastating for our whole industry. And 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 I'm I, you know my heart breaks for many of my friends who were in productions or um, were were just about to start jobs that got completely taken off the table, mm-hmm. like literally just opened and closed, or were about to open and closed. For me, I'm I'm in an extraordinarily fortunate position with the lion king because it's it's effectively the world's biggest musical and 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 that means that it it's you know the the plan has just been adapted and adapted and adapted to accommodate the delays and we're at the beginning of a three-year tour and it will just it it will just um start again later than expected so so I, I feel kind of bad in that way because and we've all said it, all, all of us in the company are like, wow, you know, thank goodness we were on this job rather right. than last year, you know, because la di da So, so um, there, is, there are certain members of our community, wider community like ourselves, who happen to be holding on to very sturdy life rafts. Um, and, and again, our hearts break for our friends and colleagues who, who have just lost so much work and so many, you know, effectively all of our livelihoods just went out the window immediately. Um, and, and a great many other people from different areas uh, had the same problem, of course, you know, other, um, other niches, I suppose you could say. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I think, I think everything will recover. It's just how we are supported through that you know well that makes sense and i'm glad that you have yeah. been gifted and in a position to have a secure role in this season that is a gift absolutely so as an actor you've had to be quite flexible and adaptable and how do you feel like that's really helped you during this pandemic yeah well i guess that me having other things to do for example my my company i teach for myself i teach for other people uh, at other drama schools uh, all of that stuff contributes to what i would call a portfolio career so so it allows me to go from one thing to another quite smoothly which again is just very fortunate i i, I have to say i've worked very hard in that respect i've i've given 10 11 12 years of my life to building my company and to the point where I've had, you know, three or four near nervous breakdowns at times because running running any kind of business is just mm-hmm. tough. It's hard uh, and it's a lot of work. And, and uh, you know, even even now, yesterday morning, I was up at 5 a.m. and I was in my office from half five in the morning till probably eight o'clock at night, give or take the mm-hmm. odd break. Not like that every day, but, but it, that level of intensity is not necessarily uncommon and it's getting easier. Um, so, so again, fortunate, but, but I've put a lot of effort in uh, with acting. I used to go from job to job, to job, to job, to job. Again, very, very fortunate in my early days. Uh, and then you naturally find that you to either turn things down or work dries up for a bit, but I've always been in a position where I, I've got something else going on. 
um and and part of me is interested in other areas as well maybe uh in in the future uh, my, my wife for example is brilliant at up upcycling furniture she's mm. fantastic and uh, i'm trying to encourage her to do more of that because she's really good at it and uh and, and it fulfills her so so that kind of thing can support in some ways and um so yeah i i've been fortunate like that friends of mine who who only act can find themselves getting very very uh stressed frustrated bored uh when things dry up and they can dry up for for anything from two weeks to a year or longer it's 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 the game that we're in but i sort of feel a bit like um i feel like we are almost acclimatized to this now and and we we might be moving into a world where having a quote unquote portfolio career is the way forward Uh, my my mom said to me you know i remember a few years ago she said to me you know i don't know how you do it i don't know how you do it she was referring to this idea of getting getting a job doing the job and then being unemployed again you know I'm, i'm used to it and then suddenly when all these things that were very difficult for people like zero hours contracts and all this kind of stuff you know and mass unemployment and everything else when this sort of and of course the 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 awful pandemic when people were losing employment in a way us actors we're sort of used to it yeah it's kind of like you know welcome to the ocean and we're the sharks (laughs) things change very quickly with your profession you kind of just roll with it yeah as, as much as you can yeah yeah but this has been great just hearing about kind of your journey and you know what's been like this last year and i hope that i can get some tickets in the not too distant future you know to seeing you in the lion king i certainly hope you can bring bring your, your tissues it's a weepy one yeah. every now and again and and that's just the price of the teddies on the right. shop. <laughs> you will cry at some point in the evening <laughs> <laughs> well i look forward to it i really do so if people want to find out more about you or the classes that you offer, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. You, you can go to www.icat, that's I-C-A-T, dot actor. It's a weird one. www.icat, that is I-C-A-T, dot actor. And if you jump on there and you can see things like uh, Studio Online and you click that and you can do a trial with us or come and play, it's good. Great. Great. And also, I noticed you also have your personal website, simontrinderactor.com. Yeah, I think that's a little bit out of date. I tend to forget about that one. I need to update it. I've probably still got hair in in that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been great chatting with you, Si. I just really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing you in The Lion King. Absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. Thanks, Lauren. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cy Trinder and go ahead and look up his website, find out more about his classes and get involved if that's something that sounds interesting to you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to it, rate and review it. It goes a long way for making this content known to others. Thanks again, everyone, and see you again soon.